0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We bring you greetings uh, from Inspire Wesleyan Church, and those of us, uh, many are uh, joining online too. We greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus and bring greetings from our fellowship, our Inspire uh, Church plant in Rochester. As you heard already, uh, just before COVID, we had this exciting plan, exciting vision about planning a new church. And so we were living in another small town and uh, long and behold, you know, we processed through all that and then it was time for us to come to Rochester and we were able to found a house. And um, um, we moved in and uh, ready to make a, you know, church. And and, uh, I told my wife and children, you know, be ready and have the worship song ready and and um, you know the chairs and couches and you know the kitchen table, everything. Make sure that everything is ready because we were we are starting the church in our living room. And so a date was fixed. Everything was ready. And guess what? Covid hit. So when Covid hit, everything shut down. We couldn't even find one single human being in our neighborhood. Everybody was confined and of course closed. And so now we are asking God what to do next. So of course we had to go through the protocols and whatnot and then we waited and started meeting people online. And so <laughs> online, it's, it's funny, you, you may think I'm crazy, but listen, um, so we have fixed the time and they said, okay, seven o'clock uh, on Thursday, we will meet online. We have a few people respond and I gave them the link and all that. And uh, so sharp seven o'clock Thursday evening. And uh, I, you know, turn on the uh, the link. And, and here I am waiting. You know, nobody is joining. But something inspired me to keep teaching. Start doing the service. So I started teaching. I prayed open in open prayer. And opened the scripture. And I started teaching. And nobody is there. I started teaching. And so my wife, she was doing something at kitchen and she thought people already joined and she was kind of feeling uh guilty so she said i'll be there in a few minutes and so she came and saw the screen nobody was there and she looked at me are you out of your mind who are you teaching to <laughs> and i said i'm just doing my job by faith so to back back up that story many many years ago we were in canada uh, there was an opportunity to minister to um, a cor- in a correctional center. Uh, every week, we had a permission to go there and and uh, do a Bible study with the uh, inmates there. So I was assigned to go one day, and we were doing this uh, uh, a series of studies there. And uh, one fine morning, uh, at our session, nobody showed up. Nobody cared. Nobody was there. And I said, oh, "What in the world? You know, how come?" And so there was a lot of other reasons, and some other uh, things were going on. Anyway. Um, again, I, I was sitting there uh, on my table. My Bible was open. I was wondering what to do. Should I pack up and leave or should I continue to wait? And then I noticed uh, a, a cassette tape. You know, back in those days, we had a cassette tapes, remember? <laughs> so <laughs> cassette tape was there and there's a small note there, uh, there saying, uh, Pastor Sam, sorry, I'm unable to join today, but here is a tape. And would you and, and a tape recorder is there as well. Would you please record your teaching so I can listen to it later? And, uh, and, and, and she said, thank you. And so one of our inmates uh, who used to attend our Bible study at that time, so couldn't make it, I, I said, wow, that's really great. So sure enough, I turn on the tape, I started teaching. For another 30 minutes or so, I, I uh, you know, talked on the topic that we were studying together and uh, finished it, turned the tape off and left it there. And left a knot there. It's all recorded for you, brother. And I left two weeks later. Two le- weeks later, we had another opportunity. So I went back there and this brother called me and said, Pastor Sam, so how many were there uh, last, Sunday, last Thursday? I said it was just me and nobody else. was You're kidding. He said, that's not true. How how come? I'm I'm serious, you know. I'm asking how many were really there. I said I'm 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 not lying. I'm a pastor. I can't lie. And, you know, it was just me. And uh, then he shared a story. And then he turned the tape on, and had me listen to the tape. And in the in the background, while I was teaching, there are people saying Amen, Yes, Hallelujah. That's right. Keep going. There's responses behind the. In the background. And I got chilled. And immediately the spirit of God reminded me. The angels of God. Were there. Witnessing with you. While you were dealing with the living word of God. I will never forget that. That experience in my life. Angelic presence. Witnessing what we are doing for God's kingdom. And it is so true even today. So that's how Inspire Fellowship, Inspire Wesleyan Church started. You know, uh, some of you already heard the, sto- heard the story uh, from Pastor Craig, and uh, we 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 gone through a process of uh, starting this church, and and Pastor Craig, uh, Craig was uh, a, uh, you know an instrument. God used him powerfully to to navigate us and to lead us through the process and provide that support and. And while he was up uh, uh, front with us, and I know the church was with him too, uh, in full support and praying for us and extending your boundaries and, uh, and, and, and helping us to uh, make this dream come true. And uh, today um, we have uh, about eight or nine na- nationality people from eight or nine na- nations. Uh, attending our small fellowship, we have people from Pakistan. It just my, my daughter just sent a text in a Pakistani family that we've been ministering. They were at the church this morning, and and they came from a very strong uh, Muslim background, but they have this hunger and thirst for Jesus. So they are attending our. So we have people from Pakistan, people from India, Nepal, Cambodia, uh, Africa. Uh, in, and some of the Caribbean islands. And so there is a, there is a wide uh, international cultural field is open before us to share the good news of Christ. And that's, that's the DNA of our mission. That's what Inspire Wesleyan Church is all about. It's all about souls for God's kingdom as a great harvest field is open for us. And thank you again for allowing us to come and share these uh, uh, stories with you and uh, what God has been doing. And uh, uh, like I said in the morning service, Pastor Craig already gave me a time. And I told him, you know, in India, when you give a time, you add an hour and a half extra with it. <laughs> so, so uh, but believe me, uh, Barry reminded me I had eight minutes left from last service in my account. So I finished eight, eight minutes before. But no, no, I'm not going to keep you too long. But uh, please, please turn with me to Matthew chapter nine. I just want to share a, a thought that has been. I didn't realize that that uh, last or um, well, yesterday you had a conference here um, on on missions and harvest harvest conference, and and I didn't even know. And uh, I had this you know scripture in my in my mind i was share, willing to uh, share and, uh, and meditating on it and studying on it and um, and uh, how how unique and how wonderfully the spirit of god connect things together amen amen so you are you are in the right place and you are hearing what god is speaking to you and there is a purpose behind everything when god does matthew chapter 9 37 and 38 jesus was ministry there was a powerful Ministry was going on. Jesus went out, reaching out to people, healing the sick, uh, ministering to people and, uh, and the diseases and casting out demons. And there was such a great commotion going on. You can imagine people were flocking together with Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus was moved in his spirit with compassion. He, he looked beyond. He, as, of course, as he was truly God, he could see the innermost being, the, the inside, the, the true condition of people's heart. And what's going on in their life. Not just seeing them from an outward perspective. Who people were coming to hear him from teaching. Or, or just to want to receive a touch from him. And to be healed. But he went beyond. And he saw the condition of people. So he, he said. In, the, in that scripture in Matthew 9. He said when he saw the crowd. He had compassion on them. Because they were confused. Helpless like sheep without shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. There is a need that he diagnosed or he sensed. A need and less people in the field that needed help. People are desperate. There was confusion there was helplessness, there was disorientation, people were divided and scattered all over, there was no true leadership, leadership crisis was there, and on top of all this, there was a spiritual crisis. And Jesus sensed that and said, I'm inviting people to join this labor force, we need more people to enter into this harvest field. I want you to pause for a second, Think about this in our present world today, our community around, our society around, our nation as a whole and the world as a whole. What do we see? What do we hear in media? What do we listen? What are we seeing in and around us? Confusion, disorientation, leadership crisis, stress on top of that, labor shortage in work field. My wife works at a hospital, strong hospital, and she come home every night tired, exhausted, and she said, the workload is beyond words can explain. There's not enough staff, and on top of that, people are quitting because it's too much Can they can handle, and you are not really paid well. They are underpaid. In every sector of society, there is such a great crisis going on. And then, those crises are going beyond because when when the when your labor force, when you you and I are in crisis, we can't contribute anything positively to the society. So it's affecting the society in general. So the economy and all the other social crises that we are going through, it's all connected. And so there is such a desperate need. But God's spirit already saw this even from you know from the beginning from. From 2,000 some years before Jesus made this announcement, this job opportunity, he said, I'm hiring. Are you willing to join this force? Let's pray. Father, speak to us continually. Minister to us and encourage us and inspire us that we may hear your voice. We may hear your call and we may step in faith, step out in faith and do what you called us to do, Lord. Have your way today in Jesus' name. Many, many years ago, I was a young teenager, fresh out of college, and I was looking for a better job and better prospect in life. And I grew up in a pastor's home, and our pastoral ministry back then in India wasn't a great, exciting way of living and very minimum provisions and lived in very limited circumstances. And I remember one time my dad had a transfer to a new church, and we went there, uh, carried all our belongings and every there, everything there, and found out there was no personage, no house, nothing was available for us. Dad was desperately looking for somewhere to find a place so that he and his family can stay. You know we were three little children, and we couldn't find anybody finally we we, we found a, a home in the community, and uh, the lady of the house said, You know we have a a cattle shed is available if you are willing to adjust there for until you find a house, maybe I will clean it.' and so they had a uh, cows and three four cows on one side and the other side she cleaned it and empty emptied uh, it for us to stay and my 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 mom put a blanket across the, the that cattle shed made it kind of little privacy and one side is cow the other side is the whole family and we lived there for more than 3 months and all the cows cow dung and cow smell you can imagine all that so you know You know, it's nothing. So we we live. And then I watched my mom, you know, never complain, never murmur, never question. She would happily get up every morning and clean up a corner of that place where we were all sleeping and stay and and set up a firewood place. and, And she started cooking meal for us. And, you know, she, she was never, never uh, complaining or murmuring of that situation. So I grew up with that kind of situation. So I, I had this ambitious mind. I said, I want to study hard. I want to be equipped and I want to get into the business world, get a good job and good, maybe something that pay me really good. And I'm going to make a lot of money and help everybody, but I will never be a pastor. (laughs) And sure enough, God had a different plan. Now I'm sur- de- desperately looking for, you know, jobs. I won't get any job every- anywhere. Everywhere I go, doors were closed. And one place, actually, the, the, the interview board f- talked to me face to face. They Very adamantly, they said, you know, you are a Christian. Why don't you go after the Christian? Let them give you a job. We don't have any job for Christians here. I was totally disappointed, discouraged, and so exhausted and so lost uh, of hope and came home and I said, "Lord, this is too hard. I was talking to God, even though I was not really serving God at that time in, 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 in a true uh, committed way. But I knew I had the fear of God, I grew up in a Christian home, I know God is in control of our life. because I began to talk to God, I said, "God, is there anything for me? Is there anything do you, don't you have a job for me? You know I'm struggling. And my, my young, you know, colleagues and my friends and all that, you know, they're move, moving on with their life. They are getting established and getting married and all that. You know, I'm driving into depression and I said, no, this, is, this can't be true. I don't want to leave anymore. I was at the edge of even giving up and, and committing suicide or something new crazy in my life. I want to leave the house. And then I thought of my parents and you know, how I would hurt them if I do that. So I don't want to leave in the daylight. And I thought I will leave the house when everybody is sleeping in the middle of the night. I waited for everybody to go to bed. And I, I, I was getting prepared and I was just about ready to leave. An overwhelming uh, feeling came on me. I started sobbing and crying. And I, I knew something is uh, it's a, crucial, a crucial decision in my life. I'm leaving home, my loved ones and I will never I may never see them again. I don't know what's going to happen to me, what what I would do with my life. and in that desperate moment, I knelt down and I cry unto God. I said, "God, are you there? Is there anything for me? I'm crying, I'm crying like a little kid sobbing and weeping. in a few minutes, I know I'm going to leave, step out of my house and, and do something crazy in my life in that moment of crisis in that crying sobbing painful moment i heard the voice of god calling my name sam what is your problem and i i i i I really was you know taken by surprise i thought maybe my mom heard me crying you know maybe she's calling Uh, Because everybody's sleeping. And I I turn around and in the middle of the night, I I didn't see anybody. Then immediately that voice, realization came. It must be God because you are talking to God. And so I began to talk to God. I said, God, you know my problem. All I want is a job. Give me a job. I'll be good. I'll be happy. I can make money. I can be established. I can be prosperous. I can help others. Give me a job. That's all I want. That's my problem now. And after a few seconds, you know, God's voice spoke to me and said, I have a job for you. So you can imagine, I am excited now. I'm getting puffed up and like a balloon, you know, I'm really pumped up because God is speaking to you. He's, he has a job for you. Oh, wow. Then I'm dreaming. What kind of job that would be? I'm, I'm already dreaming, you know, wearing nice suit and tie and going to work and all that kind of thing. My, my, I'm, I was so big now. And all of a sudden, that voice spoke to me and said, I want you to serve me for the rest of your life. No way. <laughs> no way. And now my, all my excitement is gone. I was like, like a balloon without air. Boom. All my hope, all that hike is gone. I'm so disappointed, desperate now. I said, God, Really? Is this the same? This is the one thing that I never wanted to do? Is that what you have me do for the rest of my life? No way, no way. Then quickly I, I recall myself and I said, okay, maybe I should tell God, look at God, I'm not worthy to serve you because I am messed up and I have all this uh, sin and all, you know, I'm, I'm not really qualified. Maybe I should confess all my failures and drawbacks to God. God may change his mind. <laughs> so in my childish mind, you know, I was thinking, okay, that's what I should do. And so I'm, I'm telling, I'm talking to him. You know, all this is in a, in a, in a, in a conversation in, the, in my mind. And so I'm telling God, look at, look at what I do. I sneak out the house. I went to a movie theater. I watched movies. Back in those days, you know, pastors, children were not allowed to watch movies and go to theaters that alone. You know, so those were, you know, big sin back in the days, you know. So I began to confess all. All these things, you know, and smoking, So, smoking another thing. I I used to sneak out with my friends and, you know, tasted cigarette and whatnot, you know. And now I'm confessing all my sins. I said, God, you think I can be a a servant uh, or, or a missionary or a pastor? I'm waiting for God's answer. Nothing coming. And after a few silence again, that voice came back to my spirit again and said, I don't want none of your qualifications. I have chosen you not because you're qualified. I've chosen you because of my purpose for your life. And at that moment, I totally broke down and surrendered my whole life to the Lord. And I said, if that's, I knew because I knew if God had a plan for your life, you can run away from it. You can run away so far, but no way you can escape from his, his calling. He can, he can ignore it, he can neglect it, you can make excuses, but ultimately God has a way of bringing you back into his purpose. And so with that understanding, I knelt down, I, I broke down and I said, Lord, even after confessing all my drawbacks and failures, you still want to use me. Here I am, Lord, do with my life whatever you want me to do. Do it. The rest of it is history. Years later, 35, 40 years later, here I am standing with you at Crosswinds and sharing the marvelous work that God has done in my life. But 2,000 years ago, God sent an invitation. He, Jesus sent an invitation. He said, he looked at the crowd and he was moved with compassion. He said, people are helpless, confused. My kingdom need helpers. My kingdom need workers. And a great harvest is... Wide open and plenty and ready for us, but workers are few. And so, then he also gave a job description too. A job description. A job description is found in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. You know, as we all know, it's a great commission. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples, new disciples To obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always even to the end of the world. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Go to people. People are desperately looking. Your community is waiting, your your home is waiting, your, your people are waiting, your town and cities, your neighborhood, people are. Everywhere where, where you're working, where you're studying, there is desperate search and you have something invested in you. Many, many years ago. A young girl, 13 years old girl at, in a hospital building desperately cry unto God and she didn't even know which God she was crying to or calling to because her dad was uh, admitted in the hospital and he had a massive stroke, uh, heart attack and the doctor said, no hope, he's not going to survive. He will die in a few minutes, few days. And less, less than 50% chance the doctor said. So this young girl being a Hindu believer, she she had several gods to cry unto and reach out to. She was calling all those gods and crying for help, and nobody was answering and nothing was happening. Her dad's situation was getting worse and worse. She knelt down at the hospital building in the hallway and cried unto God and said, If there is any other God there, is there any God, living God, who can answer me and save my 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 dad's life, I will be your servant for the rest of my life. And God answered that young girl's prayer. All of a sudden, miracles happened. And a voice came to this young girl as she was praying that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's all she heard. God so loved the world. The rest of the scripture, she couldn't even remember. She couldn't even recollect what was there. But she heard it very clear. God so loved the world. And then miracle started to happen. Hospital doctors were rushing back and forth. Nurses were coming in and there was a commotion and she found out that her dad is showing vital signs are improving and he's coming back to life. And miracle happened at that hospital building. And few days later, dad was sent home. Doctors said, you know, he will be like a piece of vegetable, even if he survive." But God did a miracle, restored his health, and he was healthy as himself, take life going on as normal. And this young girl was frantically now searching about that voice that she heard in that desperate moment. What kind of voice is this? What kind of God spoke to me? Which God I wonder? And so she went to her temples and priests and asked about, about this word that she heard, this voice that she heard. And none of the priests, even though some of them knew where it was coming from, but nobody wants to tell her because they knew it's a Christian scripture. It's from the Bible. So she, they don't want her to turn to Christian faith. So they brush her away. She said, don't worry about it. They said, don't worry about it. Don't talk to anybody about it. And don't even tell. And if you come back here again with this question, I'm going to tell your dad because her dad was a prominent person in the community as well the whole people the whole community was worshiping hindu gods at that time anyhow she didn't stop her search she desperately searched and searched finally ended up into a, a pastor's home and she asked him pastor i heard this i don't know what is it all about she, he took her into, her, into his uh, living room opened the bible turned to john 316 and said here it is this is this is jesus this is all about jesus it is the same jesus who spoke to you And she knelt down and accepted Christ. And went on secretly. uh, Many days with this pastor. Took Bible studies. And then one day got baptized. And she came home. Her dad came to know that she was baptized. And she was beaten up. And locked in a room for seven days. Without food and water. And dad said I'm going to kill you. If otherwise community will kill you. You have to deny this faith. She said no dad. No dad. I can't, because I heard this voice, it is that same God who healed you, but I can't deny Jesus. He would lock the door, shut them up, and never give them any food or water for seven days, hoping that they will change her mind, she will change her mind, she and her sister actually. Anyway, make the story short, one day he had a dream. In that dream, God wake him up, asked him a question, why are you persecuting my child? And he was shocked and sweating and scared. And she turned to his wife and said, "I heard something like this." His wife said, "It must be that their God, that God that she was talking about. It must be that Jesus. You better release them." He came and opened the door and said, "Okay, you. I'm, I'm going to set you free, but don't go after Christians. Don't don't do anything with Christians." But long and behold, the story short, they 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 went on and life moved on and and. Uh, things that are happening in the family, the same dad who persecuted her and locked her in the room, got saved, and God used me as an instrument to share the gospel with that man, and then she became my wife, and that that young girl became my wife, and all glory goes to Jesus. And I had the privilege to baptize not only my father-in-law, my brother-in-law also. The entire family got saved and worshiping the Lord. Serving the Lord wonderfully. Let me finish. I have six minutes, 40, 44 minutes. <laughs> There's a qualification. Remember the qualification we are talking about? So, the qualification for this job. Job description is even qualification. He said uh, in, in Luke chapter 9, 20, 23, he said to the crowd, if anyone wants to follow me or fo- become my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give your life for my sake, you will save it. It becomes so real for us all through our life and ministry. Uh, the latest was seven years ago when we, ha- we had to leave India. At a desperate crisis moment, we had no other choice but to leave the scene of a vibrant ministry church planting mission that we were heading at that time. I cried unto God. I said, God, what to do? God said, just leave. So we ended up in America. As soon as I came, I lost my dad. My dad went to be with the Lord. We couldn't be with my family. And two years later, my my wife's dad, my father-in-law that I was sharing about, he went to be with the Lord. Right right. During the COVID, we couldn't be back home to to spend time with our grieving family or put our arm around our brothers and sisters to comfort them, to join in the grief. We couldn't do it. We were watching through the mobile phones <laughs> while they were burying our loved ones. And this scripture came into mind. You must give up everything for the cause of God's kingdom. This calling is not... May not be for everybody, but some of us are called with this unique calling. Now, talking about reward, talking about compensation, I told you about the labor shortage and people leaving job and looking for better prospects. You think God would do the same? We are. You think we will be underpaid for doing the service for God? Sharing, you know, God's kingdom work? No. Matthew chapter 19, 28 and 29 verse Jesus replied, Jesus, these disciples came and talked to him and said, Lord, we give up everything. We left our home and we left our livelihood and we've started following you. What is going to be our reward? What are we going to get? And so Jesus replied to them and said, I assure you that when the world is made new, the son of man sits upon the glorious throne. You have been my followers will sit on the 12 thrones, uh, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. So the reward and compensation package is not only for this life, but for the world to come to an eternal life. Can you say amen to that? God has a great purpose for our life. Just three months ago, um, in the middle of June, in, in the early part of June, you know, we uh, baptized our first new uh, disciples through our ministry that came to, in, in, you know, through Inspire. And, and so one of them was a, a young friend from China, came to this country just recently, born and raised in a Buddhist background, never knew about Jesus Christ, came to me and said, I want to know about Jesus. I don't have peace. I'm restless. I don't know what's going on. I need to know more about this Jesus. We sat together, we shared the gospel with him and, and led him to the Lord. He accepted Christ and we, we took him to Hamilton Beach and baptized him. And uh, you see his picture over there too. And and I saw that, he it's, 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 it's said the kingdom impact. The kingdom impact. Even if one soul, you are able to reach out, there is a reward waiting for us. Would you close your eyes with me? Father, your kingdom is so big and your work that you called us to do is so precious. Help us to be obedient. Help us to be faithful. Give us the strength and the wisdom and the resources that we needed to continue in your calling. Bless this church. Bless the ministry. Continue to use them powerfully to impact the community around them. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you again. Thank you again for allowing me to come and minister to you. Have a wonderful week.